So it's come to that time where you're thinking about how do I get my business in the paper? How do I get PR? How do I get people to know about what I'm doing? Where can I find more clients? And the world of PR, the world of getting in the press, the media, the public, can seem like a mystery. Well, today, we've got John Card of Full Story Media unpacking how you get in the media, how you get in the press, and coaching Adam from Craft Box Club how to get going quickly. Join in, make some notes, answer the questions, and let's get you in the press. The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun, and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. So welcome to the Rebel Entrepreneur podcast. I've been looking forward to this episode because the practical application of skills is what this show is all about. And it's actually the toughest bit. It's easy to listen to the podcast on PR, but then to actually do it for your business, that's the piece. So I'm very excited about this episode. I have back with me Adam from Craftbox Club. Welcome today, Adam. Hi, Alan. It's great to be back again. You are back and you are the guinea pig for today as well. <laughs> so you're going to be actually trying out this stuff, which is uh, exciting and nerve wracking. Yeah, I love it. I love a, a, a little experiment. Um, so, yeah, let's, um, <laughs> let's go for it. I'm ready. <laughs> and helping me to experiment on Adam, we have Mr. John Card. <laughs> Welcome to the show, John. Uh John writes regularly for The Guardian, The Times, The Telegraph. Uh, he is the Rebel Business School PR uh, with his partner, Corinne. The two of them help us do the PR for the Rebel Business School. And you've actually managed to get my ugly mug in The Times, The Guardian, and all the different papers as well, John. Uh, so welcome sell. to the show. <laughs> it was a tough sell. Thank you for that. <laughs> you sound uh, just like my mum. The very first time I ever got in the papers was uh, in the Fleet News in Hampshire and I'd been I'd won a speaking competition and I got front page picture of me and a trophy in the Fleet News took it home to my mum I was the proudest ever do you know what he said what she said I'm nope. going to like your mum now go and tell me <laughs> she said must have been a slow news day son oh <laughs> <laughs> not for fleet <laughs> I thought she was joking. Uh, I hope she was joking. Um, but yes, John, thank you for coming on the show. Thank you for helping us. You've been helping our business with PR and media for over a year now. And we've had some interesting successes with this. It's been uh, two years, you know. It's nearly two years. Has it? It's been, yeah. It's quite remarkably wow. long. Yeah. Time has flown. <laughs> <laughs> quite remarkably long. Time flies yeah. when you're Feels having fun. Uh, if you're listening to this from America, please be aware that the British have a very dry sense of humour and we do actually like each other, even though we abuse each other. Uh, in America, Americans tend to, um, my wife would say, pull out of jokes too early because they'll tell the joke and they'll immediately say they're only joking. Uh, whereas British people do not. They'll just tell you they don't like you and stare <laughs> at you. 
um, which is actually a sign they do like you. Uh, so if you are in America and confused about this, this is actually in England called banter. Um, but let's get on to the proper stuff. Um, I was speaking to Adam about marketing, John, and we're talking about getting his business out there. Uh, I'll let him tell you what his business is. But the purpose of this is we want to get more eyes on Adam's offers, on his product, on what he's doing, and get him out there further. And I guess PR is great for brand awareness, and that's a fancy way of saying people have seen what you do. But in reality, as a small business owner, you want it to lead to sales. So I guess that's the sort of frame at the start. How do we get Adam's business out there? How do we get people to see his offers? And realistically, the main goal is how do we get people to buy stuff eventually? Yeah. So is Adam going to tell me what, what about you, the business? I've, because I've been looking over Adam's website and I've got a good idea of uh, what the business does and um, and what you're all about and the business model. And I can tell, I can tell that there's a story there and I can tell that it would be possible. I already know it's definitely possible to get some good press and publicity for the business but I have got some big big questions which I, I want to find out and I, I, the, the key thing that I really want to know about is more about Adam because that's really important and and then therefore more about the business um, I think when I'm talking to business owners one of the first bits of advice or first questions that I always want to ask them are you know who are you what do you do why are you doing this? You know, what is actually sort of getting you out of bed in the morning? Why do you want to do this? And how are you trying to change the world? And when you're talking to an entrepreneur and they can tell you those things, they can describe to you, this is me, this is who I am, this is what I do in language which anyone can understand. I'm doing it because of these reasons. And this is how, you know, we're trying to make a difference to the world. People who can explain those things they're often really good at getting press. They're often actually really good at getting sales because they're telling a story about their business, which um, which comes through and people get uh, passionate about their story. They get pulled into it. It's about, it's about more than making sales. I mean, that's the key with press and publicity. It's about telling a story which uh, excites people, even if you don't necessarily particularly want the product. It's, it's, sort of, it's, it's something that you become a business that people want to talk about. So that's kind of what I want to really know, find out from Adam. I want to know who you are, what you do, why you do it, and how you're trying to change the world. Okay, that's 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 great. Um, yeah, I really, really understand that sort of idea of telling the story. Um, I, I think what I've got, I've been thinking about this over the last week, and what I've got really is a few kind of threads to, to put together. Um, and, you know, maybe we can kind of weave the story together from from those threads, because I, I feel like I've got a really you know strong drive that, that's come from a few different things. So I think that, um, you know, chronologically speaking, uh, I am uh, I, I remember sort of when I was when I was at school and trying to get creative. Um, just just being just having the feeling that I wasn't creative and almost being told that I that if art wasn't for me, feeling like if, if I made mistakes, then it was wrong. Um, and uh, I've also I've also got um, some family who love to be creative. So 
it's a really musical family. But when it comes to doing things like um, art and painting and and sort of visual art, they're particularly my mum. <clears throat> they're absolutely terrified of of making a mark. Um, and you know, I, I remember um, birthdays and Christmases. Uh, different members of the family getting craft kits and painting sets and and that sort of stuff, and then them just sitting in the cupboard, um, not being used. So I really wanted to come up with something that that was really accessible, um, kits that were really accessible and that people really wanted to do, uh, and help people get over that fear of being creative. So that was something that was lingering in the back of my mind for for quite a long time. Um, a couple of years now, uh, I was sort of sitting in, in, in the sort of usual corporate job um, and just desperately trying, trying to find ways to get creative uh, and not being able to. So I, I kind of took the leap to, to, to try and focus on a, a more creative business. And my kind of my way of getting into that was to look for other craft kits that were on the market. Uh, and I was just struck with how filled with um, plastic packaging and throwaway plastic stuff um, that the, the kits were. So you ended up really at, at the end of the day, there's a lot of kits that are just plastic and a few pencils or something. Um, and it was bad value for money uh, and terrible, terrible for the environment. Um, so I wanted to really, Craftbox Club, um, my business, I wanted to to be the antidote to both of those things. So I wanted it to be really accessible for people to be able to do, and then also to be environmentally friendly, so to, to help the environment. Great, so, so tell me Adam, when did, um, I suppose one of, one of the things that interested me when I was looking at your site was that um, there's lots of sort of uh, sewing and knitting and that sort of thing on there. Where did your passion for those types of that sort of needle craft come about? Because I suppose you know you could say it's a slightly unusual thing for a, uh, a youngish fella to to be into. I suppose. I mean, <laughs> I, I must admit I don't know many men that are that do that. Being from where I'm from or, or whatever, I wonder if um, what what got you into into the, 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 these sorts of things. Yeah, it is a bit unusual, especially for a, for a guy. So a, a lot of my customers um, are, are women, um, but I yeah. So I that I don't feel like it's it it necessarily has to be um, something that's that's only for women, not available to men. But yeah, the way that, that I I got into being more creative was uh, was sort of through my daughter. So I've got a five year old daughter. And we used to do lots of creative things together, and what and I and I absolutely loved getting involved and, and stuck into doing that. I, you know, we would have started really early on, and I just remember that you know she would want to craft for about a minute, <laughs> and then I'd be like, "I want, I want to do more of this. Come on, <laughs> let's, let, you know, stay here and let's do more of it." Um, so I think it was my daughter that really kickstarted it. Um, but I think I, the, the link between the, what I was doing before and, and what I'm doing now, I think is that I, I like finding out about things that I find interesting and cool and different and then telling people about those things um, and explaining how how things work. 
So it's a bit like, um, you know, people like taking cars apart and putting them back together again, that sort of thing. Uh, creating a new kit every month. I just love doing the research and trying to understand how these different crafts work and then trying to communicate it to people uh, with my videos and, and the kits. So just before John asks the next question, I'd love to say to the audience listening to this, write down John's questions and answer them yourself. So you're hearing Adam's answer. The key is that you think through your answers to this. So where John says, what change do you want to make in the world? Uh, where he says, where does your passion for what you're doing comes from? Answer this yourself as you're listening to this podcast, because it's going to build the basis of your story, which you're then going to go out and share yourselves. So I just wanted to add that in because I could see John was smouldering away with another question. He is the king of questions. Uh, where were you going to take us next, John? I think I want to sort of stick on this one point here that um, Adam is... Um, He's a, he's a man in a, a world which is predominantly sort of uh, female focused. And that's from a press and publicity point of view is a good thing because it means that you stand out. Like, for instance, I always like it when I find a, a female tech entrepreneur because the tech industry is so dominated with men. Same with engineering or construction. So when I find a, a woman that's working in one of these sectors, it's kind of easier to get press and publicity because they, they stand out from all the others in there. Um, and so, you know, the, the business sections of many newspapers in the UK or the United States are filled with sort of, you know, grey men wearing grey suits who are about 50 years old. And, <laughs> you know, it's the, the pictures editors on these uh, titles, you know, they're, they're dying to put in someone who looks different, you know, someone with some colour, you know, someone who's female, it, just because it stands out from the crowd and so i think you know what what's interesting me here what i'm thinking about it's a it's an area of media i don't know terribly well but there's a whole load of you know women's focused magazines and sort of art focused magazines and homes and gardens type titles which are predominantly for women and probably largely are written by women and have a lot of women in there and here's adam and, you know, it's a good thing because you're going to stand out from the crowd. And so I think that, you know, it's when I was looking at your website, I really wanted to know who is this guy? Who, what's your personal story? And we got like some of your personal stories coming out here. You're telling me about you've got, you've got a child. You're talking about when you were a kid at school and sort of struggling you mentioned that you were in the corporate world a bit and uh, you, you wanted maybe, maybe to get out of that. And you were looking at all of these craft kits around you and seeing that they're all filled with plastic. So I'm getting a sense of this sort of story that's coming out here. Um, and I think, you know, really the, the key to developing your, your press and publicity is to develop your personal story. Um, there's not probably enough of it on the website for my liking. Um, I really want to sort of have a bit more of a about me and about us page and a, and a whole story about what led you to create this this business because I think that if I've the more I know about you, the more I'm likely to trust you, and if I'm likely to trust you, I'm more likely to buy from you. I'm also going to kind of you know. 
it's like you go to a restaurant and you have a lovely meal. Well, I had a, I had a lovely meal last week and I know the owner of the restaurant really well. Funnily enough, his story is perhaps not so dissimilar to yours. It's a lovely restaurant called Chin Chin. He was a lawyer for years. He was trapped in a job which he didn't really like very much. He realised he had a great passion for food. People loved his food. He did a bit of catering for, a, I think it was a family occasion. Little by little, he started to develop his business. He started doing little catering jobs. Eventually, he bought a van and started doing street food and started selling out this VW camper van. It took him about 10 years to quit his job and to launch his very first restaurant. And it's like, but every time I go there now and everybody knows his story, it's, it's more than just a lovely Italian restaurant. It's the passion, it's the love, it's the story, which makes the food taste better. I'm convinced because I, I know people who've been there <laughs> and eaten the food and so it's lovely in any case. But, you know, I think that, you know, you get that kind of emotion that comes with it. And so I can't, what, when I'm hearing your story, there's this, this, all this sort of passion there. There's all this emotion there. There's this, uh, this desire to put out craft kits, which are plastic free. You know, there's a sense of mission. People aren't just buying little sewing kits from you. They're buying much more than that. They're buying into your story. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a kind of a whole experience that will come with that. And so I think that, that, you know, bringing out this story that you're talking about here and uh, telling it uh, will, will, will have quite a powerful impact on your business. Okay, that's, yeah, that's that's great. Um, it makes a lot of sense. I, I guess I, I wonder, um, you know, what would be the next step from, you know, what we've talked about to taking that and putting that all together. And then just thinking specifically about the website, I'd wonder whether to have a bio on there how to have how to you know where to put it I've, I've got a I've got an about us page but it's it's very what well, I well I I think I would call it concise but it hasn't got anywhere near the amount of content that we you know we've, we've just talked about about that short story so yeah I guess um yeah what, what are your thoughts about how to communicate that on the website and then to to the a broader audience so I think when you're writing about an about us page um, the best place to start is kind of, if you like, at the beginning, you know, firstly, if you're, when you're writing anything, just, just start to write and see what comes out. I, tell me, I mean, you, you mentioned that where's the place to start, you know, you, you could, the first thing you could write down was I was always a creative kid. And, you know, I, I was really into this and then just start telling me about sort of some of the things that you got you interested in the thing in uh, the, this area of life. And, and so on and uh, just g giving us some of the flavors and some of the ideas and then I guess there must there must have come a point then you know when you decided to make the leap and set up your business so where do we go when we're telling a whole story we one of the things that I, I do with people when I'm uh, writing a story is I I, I base it around what is known as the hero's journey story format. <laughs> um, and this yeah. is often where you have a sort of a series of, uh, if you like, awakenings or calls to adventure, which propel you on your path. 
So, you know, what was the, what was, if you like, the eureka moment? What was the call to adventure that got you started on your business? You know, when did you see the world in a certain way? When did you start thinking about where am I going to go there? Was there, was there a, a moment when you saw a path for you? Now, you might not have gone ahead and set up your business straight away. Maybe it was just something that was in the back of your mind. Perhaps there were a series more of moments um, that when you thought, you know, I, I really want to go and set up my own company or I really want to go and set up my own enterprise. You mentioned, uh, you know, working with you, uh, playing with your daughter. I wanted to create something. So maybe that was another push moment for you. Um, I think it, I, I'm interested. So when did the, the, you know, the move to get step away from plastic come into into uh into view so uh you you said you, you must have kind of had that call to adventure but then you started to explore the market but then it comes down to you know what what what's the big change you're trying to do here so one of the things that I when you're looking at your story and what and the identity of your business is not just who you are but what are you against so the rebel business school for instance is opposed to debt and to business plans and it you know it's a very much around alan's personal story about how he was a sort of young struggling entrepreneur who was trying to make his way in the world and, you know, all the advice was write a business plan and take a loan. And, you know, that was just not what he wanted to hear. And so he set up the Rebel Business School to show people that there was another way of doing things. The enemy, you know, the compelling villain, the big Darth Vader of the Rebel Business School is debt and business plans and traditional business advice. Whereas in a way, it seems to me that you're the kind of the, the enemy in your uh, area is these kind of I don't know like little plastic pots of paint and which get will get chucked in the bin and stuff like that where you know you're trying to create this much more sustainable approach to craft and making and so that's I mean that's a really important thing um, and if you look at a lot of really famous entrepreneurs out there look at say the body shop because when I was looking at um, your business, Adam, the body shop came to mind because there they were, Anita Roddick, she was trying to sell, you know, uh, shampoo and soap and all these things like that. But she wanted to do it completely um, animal free. And in the same way, you're saying, you know, I'm not going to do any, I'm going to have any plastic in my kits. And then that's 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 quite a challenge, right? And I think on your website you've actually described how you know there's been a few disasters in trying to like create non-plastic packaging, right? Well, that's be open about that because your part of your story is this struggle. All great stories about struggle, you know. You you are trying to create this mm -hmm. plastic-free product, and guess what? First time around, a few things went wrong. But you want to send, you've got a sense of mission, and that will keep people with you. So we made some mistakes. We we had to learn the hard way a few times. 
but we're still committed to this plastic free approach. And that again is a part of your story, which I think people will love because there's a lot of people out there that don't like, you know, chucking plastic in the bin. I mean, I don't like chucking plastic in the bin. I feel a bit sort of regretful every time I take another bit of packaging and stuff it in the bin. And so do lots of people. So here's this guy who's, you know, set out on this journey to create this business, which really stands for something. It's a personal mission as well as kind of a, a bigger business mission. It stands, you know, you're here to create, hopefully to inspire, I guess, creativity, to do it in a, uh, an ethical and a sustainable way. You're differentiating yourself and you're opposing sort of this plasticky, disposable culture type world, I guess. And, uh, and you know, you're, you're on, the, on this journey where you're hoping to create, well, what, what this, I suppose, is kind of what, where the, the story ends in a way. It's like with the Rebel Business School, Alan's trying to change the way entrepreneurship is taught across the world. Uh, and to show the whole world that you can do it without money, you can do it without debt, you can do it without business plans. That's where, you know, that's kind of, that's the big mission. But I suppose what we need to find out from you is what's your big mission? What, what, what's, what's that big impact? How are you, are you trying to change the world? And for all the people listening, you know, ask yourself, you know, how are you trying to change the world? What's your big compelling villain you know what alan rebel business school with debt and traditional business advice that's kind of the darth vader of the story here for <laughs> anita roddick it was uh animal testing for some of these uh people like richard branson you know he was always uh always picked a fight with sort of some big company big traditional company because he was always British young Airways. upstart. British Airways was the, definitely <laughs> the big one for him. But I wonder, um, sorry, Adam, do you know what, have you, have you got a sense of like what your compelling villain is? And if you, you know, if you're able to sort of beat this Goliath in a fight, what, what is the world going to look at? What's your sort of better world picture? So I think there are two things there um, that are part of my mission. Have you ever seen Ratatouille? Yes. <laughs> the Pixar Classic film. Classic Pixar film. So there's the, the the chef in there that inspires the the rat to want to cook, and he, he says anyone can cook. And I okay. feel like I want to communicate to everyone and help people really feel that anyone can cook. Okay, great. So I want to provide people a, a safe way of doing that with no fear to be, to be creative. And then I want to so that's that's on the creative side, and then on the eco-friendly side, I want to show people that not only can you produce craft kits that are plastic-free, but you can produce kind of consumer products that are actually quite complicated without the need for plastic and to be quite sustainable. So anyone can craft and anyone can make really great things and they can do so in a sustainable way yeah you've got it <laughs> so who's the bad guy i'm dying to know who's the bad guy in this i've got an idea <clears throat> i do i do genuinely believe having a villain is useful because it gives you something someone to rally the team around to go after who's your villain 
I love it. Who's Darth Vader? I feel like I'll just want to do the dodgy <laughs> breathing down the microphone just for effect now. <sighs> Who's Darth Vader, Adam? <laughs> um, I so I, I'm not sure I've got a specific figure, uh, but it it's it's for me it's just seeing the piles of um, stuff that you know kits that stay on the shelf, right? So it's the you know the the plastic uh, stuff that that you buy and it stays on the shelf and then you get tired tired of it and it goes in the bin. So the people blogging that stuff <laughs> I guess. yeah it sounds like um your villain it doesn't have to be a company by the way if you're thinking of a compelling villain um <laughs> it can be uh it can be a, a problem in society it can be a specific company or it can be a type of product or it can be you know sort of an attitude it can be a number of different things um but i suppose that it sounds to me like your villain is in the area of sort of disposable culture and unwanted gifts and kind of uh, you know, rubbish plastic in the bin. And but at the same time, also there's um, kind of a an empowering aspect where you're trying to tap into the creativity of people. And maybe sort of to take a bit more rather than, you know, just buying stuff off the shelf. Why don't you make it yourself and, you know, make something which, you know, you actually care about and that you love. Um, and so it's sort of a reconnecting. I saw the shelves full of plastic toys. I saw shelves full of plastic at some of these cheaper shops. Then I saw Wally. I don't know if you've seen the Disney film Wally, where like the <laughs> earth ends up full of rubbish. <clears throat> Uh, sorry, trash if you're American. Um, and I just saw like the landfills filling up. Maybe your villain is the landfills and the plastic that doesn't break down. And that, like John said, the disposable culture. Yeah, I love, I, I think it really sums it up with that disposable culture thing. I, I think that that um, sort of phrase makes a lot of sense. And yeah, that those. That, those images from Wally, that's one of my favorite films, by the way. <laughs> Pixar fan, can you tell? <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's a, it's a terrifying image. Um, and I think one of the things I always think about with with these um, when I'm when I'm selling these these products is that um, they're they're good quality. So the things that, that you you create will um, will last. But then everything's also biodegradable, so it's not going to outlive, outlive you if you don't want it. You know, so as soon as you don't want it anymore, it will, go, you know, go go back and and um, go back and, and help the planet. Um, but if you do want it, then it will last. Interesting. I love it. And so, <laughs> to find this out for everyone listening to this, John, what's the questions they need to ask themselves? And I know it is who's the villain what's the change you want to see in the world but just to help everyone out there like how do they start to craft who they're fighting against and what change they need to make so yeah so the first part of um a story is obviously it's the beginning you know you start in if you like the the ordinary world so one of the questions 
people sometimes ask me, uh, this is, should I tell you the, the, the world's shortest and most simple story? This I think might, this might help. So people often ask me, you know, John, how did you become a journalist? So this is my story and I'll, I'll break it up into the, th the three parts in which it's in. It started, um, I'd left university, this is going back nearly 20 years ago, and I was at a real loose end. I just didn't know where I was going in my life. I was a bit stuck and I was kind of working um, in call centers and doing a lot of sales jobs, which I wasn't very good at. Um, but one of the jobs was a, a magazine and I was doing, I was trying to sell advertising there uh, badly. Um, but however, I'd stayed friends with the editorial team and they said to me, John, would you like to write an article for us? You know, because they knew I was into politics and history and stuff. And they had, they wanted me to do a slot. So I said, I'd really like to do that. Yeah, let's go for it. So I wrote about a 400 word piece and sent it off to them and they published it. And for the first time ever, I saw my words in print. So my name, John Card, and it was all designed up nicely. It looked great. And I was like, wow, if only I could get paid for doing this, then my life would be so much better. So then I I, had, I thought, right, I've got to become a writer. So I, I started going out and trying to be, find ways to become a writer. And I was filling up newspapers and I got some work experience and I enrolled in a college course and actually decided to go back and live with my mum and dad for a while. So we got down the college course. And nine months later, I was throwing all my belongings into the back of my teeny tiny Ford Fiesta and I was zooming down to London to start my first job in media. And the truth, the answer is, since then, my life has been so much better because I found my calling in life. You know, I found something that I was passionate about and that I really enjoyed. And so, and so that's my story. So let's just break that down. And so for everybody listening, they can maybe learn to tell a really simple story about themselves. The, the first part is that we, we start off this story kind of in the, the humdrum ordinary world where I get my trigger moment. So this is the first part, you know, chapter one, the trigger. This is where John sees his words in print for the first time. I see my words in print. And I go, oh, wow, you know, if only I could do this for a job, you know, my life would be so much better. So boom, that's the trigger. So what, when you're telling someone about, you know, how you got your business started, what was the trigger moment? What was the thing that, you know, made you really, really want to go out and to do it? And or at least to head into the right direction. You know, you, your exact business idea might come up a little bit later, but you, you know, at some point you must have gone down this path. So what was that? What's, what's your trigger? Now, the next stage is when you really go down the path is the transformation. So this is when I'm sort of, you know, uh, the music's playing, I'm on the phone, I'm going out places, I'm zooming around, I'm smiling, you know, I'm shaking hands. The montage hands. scene. The montage scene. <laughs> I was going to say montage. The montage scene. Definitely feeling a montage. Yeah, definitely the montage <laughs> scene. This is, this is Rocky Balboa, <laughs> you know, running down the street and he's doing the weights, he's chasing the chicken, doing all that stuff, pumping the, the air. The kids are chasing him. The kids are chasing him. There's always some kids chasing yeah. someone. It's like, it's like the whole, the movie's just increased in pace, right? We're heading somewhere, we're heading somewhere. And 
this brings up to the moral of the story. You know, what's this story about? Well, in my case, you know, find what you're passionate about, find what you love, and, you know, your life will be far, far better. So that's my, my story. I, I found my trigger. I went through a transformation. And the moral of the story is the third part is, you know, find your passion. So that's how, that's like the world's uh, quickest and also one of the most effective stories you can do. And you can use that story in a countless situations. If, you know, if you have a great idea, it doesn't have to be, you know, your business, but let's just say, you know, I was struggling, I was looking through the spreadsheet and I spotted this, I spotted this idea and I thought, oh, wow, what if I pursue that? And so cue montage scene, I'm phoning things up, I'm going through, da -da, da -da 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 -da. and now I've discovered the moral of the story, right? That's a really convincing way to describe how you had an idea and how it changed your life. So I recommend to everyone to try and create a that three-part story, that trigger, transformation, and the moral of the story. If you can do that, that you'll find that it's a really effective way to um, to convince people of things, particularly a, a business idea. And I used to use it in job interviews um, all the time, and it's so effective. It means that you just take control of the whole conversation. And all the rubbish stuff that's on your CV, which you don't want them to talk about, you can just draw a line under it. It's like, oh, yeah, but that was before my trigger moment sort of thing. Yeah, but let's just talk about from from here. The old me. Yeah, it's just, so it's now you're just talking about I've since I've transformed, you know, now I'm a different person. And you're like, oh, wow. So and people get into that and, and they remember it, too. That's why storytelling is so powerful. People remember stories um and and they stick in people's heads and so people will if you can tell a story about your business it's a very very powerful thing to do so adam how has that inspired you for your story do you want to have a go at your two-minute story based on starting the ordinary world the trigger moment and then the moral yeah i'll have a go uh, imagining the film in my head as we speak, um, <laughs> I'll, I'll have a theme tune composed by uh, by the end of the day, uh, score it all out. Um, I mean, I can't get Rocky out of my head at the moment, but <laughs> anyway, right, let's go for it. So, yeah, the the, the trigger moment is, um, you know, I'm sort of imagining me sat at a, a bank of desks um, and having those usual conversations, and you know, you go. Oh, how was your weekend? What do you do? Nothing. Oh, all right. All right. Fine. You don't want to talk. Um, you know, stuck stuck in that sort of um, environment. Um, and that was pretty terrible for my mental health. And those, uh, the mental health of the people um, that were around me, my, you know, my friends and my colleagues. And I kept seeing that played out over and over and over again. Um, so I felt like I had to make a change and I'd always wanted to, to run a, a business. Um, so cue Alan. <laughs> um, so I'm in the I, montage scene. So I love it. In the montage scene. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. That, so I guess we're on to transformation, aren't we? So um, I uh, I can't remember exactly why, but I, I ended up speaking to um, uh, Andrew and Casey from... Uh, from previous podcast fame time trap escape the, rooms yeah that's the one 
Um, so I so I ended up talking to them um, about wanting to set up a um, like a crafting space in in Reading for people to come along and do all sorts of things from painting to learning the drum machine. Uh, you know, it was a huge idea, uh, um, and they were you know they were really excited about it. So we talked about that quite a lot. Um, and, but said, you know, why don't you go on uh, on the proper business school as it was at the, at the time, go on that course. Um, so I, I turned up just sort of not quite knowing what to do um, with uh, absolutely no focus at all. Uh, and then over that time, um, sort of focused it down into borrowing some space and doing art workshops um, and trialing and seeing what people enjoyed. Um, so just, just trying to work out how to put craft pieces together, how to run workshops, um, engaging with people and seeing what they, they enjoyed and what they didn't, learning how to use the video editing software um, and yeah, doing, doing research on different crafts. Um, and after about a year of doing, doing that research, that distilled into the, the kits that, um, that I'm setting online. Also, whilst doing that, uh, I just I originally had the idea that I would reuse a lot of the materials so that I didn't have to go plastic free, but a lot of the time that didn't really work out or people just threw the stuff away. And that just really annoyed me. I just got really annoyed that I, that, that was all that stuff was single use for that evening when we were doing the workshop. Um, yeah. And I just couldn't bear it. I just didn't, didn't want to go on like that really. Um, so I, before really working it out, I just committed to going plastic free. Cause I just didn't want to do anything else. Um, and then had to work it out from there. And then, then um, after doing the research into to being more plastic free, I kind of worked out that it was, it was possible. And um, I, I want to move past just being plastic free and being a benefit to the environment. So I've explored different things like um, carbon negative printing, and uh, we make donations to a charity that plants trees locally. Um, and yeah, we're getting lots of people who are, um, who are sending us messages, had great reviews saying they enjoyed themselves and it got them through really difficult times, which is kind of like where I was at the beginning of the story. Um, so you know, it's, it's brilliant to be able to help people with their mental health and the whole thing's helped me just get so much happier. And I, I, I love putting these things together and it's really what I, what I want to do, um, all the time. I love that. So is the moral of the story that you can find happiness and good mental health without damaging the environment? That sounds good to me. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. What do you think, Mr. Card? Yeah, I'm very interested by it. It sounds like there's a, there's a few stories uh, there and um, I'm interested to hear how the, the, the business evolved from some of these workshops and uh and so uh, you know i definitely think you should start writing as many of these things down as you can adam and sort of uh you know writing out some of these stories and the things that you've learned it sounds like you've got loads and loads of blog pieces in you and uh you can talk about all, right. all these different things and i think you know you should probably write out quite a lot of them and because uh, there's the same there's such an evolution of thought that's been going on here and I think when you're you're doing that, you'll 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 naturally start to come up with some phrases and comments which could be really useful in terms of press and publicity. 
Um, one of the things that journalists want from people is, is good quotes to, to use in their articles. And uh, I think that you're the sort of person that will naturally generate quite a lot of those when you're starting to talk about your, your business. And so, yeah, there's, a, there's, there's some good stories that are coming out there. And I think we've tapped into the, the, the main theme um, or main themes around your company. Alan, I think I want to move on to a, a part of uh, media which is massively important, though, and um, and because when you Adam's been talking about media, I've been obviously thinking what it all looks like, and this is one of the absolutely this is one of my really passionate points about press and publicity, is that you must always create lots and lots of uh, good pictures. My, my advice to to all entrepreneurs is to do uh, get a good photo shoot in. Um, there's is really no other way to go about it. Um, the, the magazine industry, the newspaper industry, even I mean radio and television to some extent need good quality pictures and there's really not much point trying to get press and publicity unless you have some. Um, and so, but what's so great about your, your business, Adam, is that you, you, you create all these physical products. And so that's an opportunity to create uh, some really good pictures, both of yourself and of your products and preferably both together. And, um, right. So when, Whenever you know you're working with someone that's got a physical product, I, my advice is always you know get the products or get something of the business in the shot. I know there's a, a picture on your website of you holding your craft box, and, and that's a, that's a good start by the way. That's good, and actually there's some things about your picture there which you've done which are really good. So for instance, you've gone outside. That's never a bad place to do a photo shoot because the, the best light in the world is of course the sun. You know, and so. Yes, getting, uh, the reason I did that, my house is just really dark. <laughs> so, so yeah, just I just uh, naturally went outside. So that that is a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm here in the UK. Obviously, it's quite sunny at the moment, so this is the perfect time of year to to do a photo shoot. But yeah, magazines mm. and newspapers they absolutely rely on um, high res, high quality pictures. And I think that sort of for the probably some of the media titles that you might be looking to get into. Some of those are quite attractive sort of homes and gardens type lifestyle magazines. They're really picture focused. Um, and so yeah. if, you, if you're prepared to spend a little bit of money, uh, I would do that with a, with a photographer, you know. Does that make sense? Yes, so I think I, I've been fairly comfortable taking pictures of the product um, myself. But I, I, yeah, I've never been able to get super great pictures of, of me. Um, and yeah, that one on the website is just, you know, that's about the only one I've ever been comfortable with. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that makes sense. If that's, uh, if that's a good place to, to make an investment. Then, if um, you want press and publicity, you need pictures. Yeah. 
good quality pictures that make you stand out, that show what you're doing. This is something we struggled with for some time, Adam. I think like it's a starting point if you can find a friend with a good camera. Like if you don't have money, start there. Uh, just having someone else take the photo <laughs> is a good first step. Um, mm. The second step is to start to think, how can I stand out? Like we have spoken about, um, I don't know if you're running an event and you can be surrounded by craft whilst you're doing it and the picture focuses on you, but there's all this stuff going on around you. I don't know if you can, like, how can you stand out in the photo? How can it be colorful? How can it draw attention? Because the papers are filled with gray-haired 50-year-old men. So you have something that you can stand out with. And then the third bit is find someone with a decent camera that can capture it in decent light and a decent quality. Uh, it, like, Yes, ideally we would hire a photographer. If we don't have the money, that should not stop us. We have to find a way to get out mm. ourselves and the better we can do that, the easier it is. So look, I did want to, like time is flying on this. I did want to sort of move us on one little bit because we've got finding the story, we've got structuring the story, and we've got finding the photos. Then we've got sort of a neat little package there, John. My question is, where do I stick my story? So... um I guess what we want to do is create a nice list of media titles which you realistically you could actually appear in. Um, I tend to start off with some of, I mean, I start off pretty small, like some of the, the local ones is always a good place, particularly if you're unused to getting press and publicity. One of my favourite bits of doing media training is to, not to do media training, it's just to tell people to phone up a local radio station and try and get an interview going for the talk shows or where they have they, they do the phone-ins, where they're looking for people to comment on stuff and start looking for places to you know, do interviews. Podcasts, obviously, um, are another good place to go. And, and so start, you know, don't worry too much, particularly in the early stages about how big some of these outlets are start getting yourself interviewed and getting comfortable with answering questions because the first, I can promise you, you'll go into a radio station and, you know, you'll be on your phone listening to it and you'll be listening to them play, I don't know, some really appalling music, ZZ Top or something like that. And then I should pick one for the American audience and also Simon, who was on uh, the Rebel Business Show, he was on straight after ZZ Top in his last interview. So, <laughs> so you're listening to ZZ Top. <laughs> and, and suddenly it cuts to you. And so and now we've got Adam from Crap Box Club. Adam, tell us about your business. And he's like, whoa. <laughs> and you, and you, you know, you'll stutter and you'll stammer because you're suddenly live on radio. And you know, it would be, be a big sort of moment for you. And you'll come off the, the show like quick as a flash and you go, oh, God, why didn't I say this? Or why didn't I say that? get over that as quickly as possible, you know, do that first interview, break, break through, get interviewed, talk to some journalists, get used to answering questions. So start off with all, anything that you can get your hands on, all the local press, local radio, that sort of stuff to begin with. And if you do that first interview and it, you go, oh, I must have said this, I should have said that, write that down. Because I tell you what, you can learn 
from those ones. And I say to people, when you're making for your first sales calls, <laughs> phone people you're not desperate to sell to <laughs> and learn on them. Yeah. Uh, go for the media that you're not desperate to get into, learn on them in the nicest possible way. You're doing your best, uh, but learn there. Write down what you could have done better and then apply it to the next one. Because I think the piece that people forget to do is every single opportunity is a learning opportunity to get better. Every time I run a podcast, I'm thinking, how could I make this better? And then hopefully each time I do a podcast, I'm achieving more. But if I don't write it down, if I don't actively work out what I can do better, I'll never improve. Um, yeah, so I I, I did uh, a university radio show last year. I did a couple of uh, appearances on that. And you're right, it's um, it's brilliant to just learn the rhythms of how it all works. Uh, and, you know, to, you can easily just go, hi, hi, uh, the, uh, and feel like it's the wrong moment. <laughs> um, so, yeah, you need to get, get used to that. And then, yeah, I definitely went in the first time, um, had really sort of no idea what to say apart from, maybe the website address and when the thing was happening. Um, but it, it, the guy was actually great. He kind of played back my story to, to me so that I could talk around that. And it, yeah, that, that was a fantastic learning experience. And, and the second one definitely went much, much better. Um, so I need to get back on that for sure. So we're making a list of contacts in local and press. And then we've got sort of, I guess you could almost have a graduated list, couldn't you, John? You could have the start with the local, then the bigger, and then the ideal ones. And we make a list of names, email addresses, phone numbers. What do we do then? Yeah, so um, start working your way up the list. I mean, I would probably, one of the things that I always do for, for all of my clients and certainly done for, for Alan is to create my a nice tight bio explaining who you are you know, your your full name the name of your company you're the founder of uh, craftbox and then something that tells me a little bit about the business and how where it's got to date so for instance i mean alan introduced me as john card um full story media who's written for the guardian the times and the telegraph Right. So even if you haven't heard of me, you've never heard my name before. You've heard of The Guardian, The Times and The Telegraph. Or Now, because, so if, if you've got three big clients that you've done some work for, then that's brilliant because you can piggyback off your three big clients. If you're, as you are, a B2C business, you know, you're, you're selling to consumers. Maybe you've got a certain number of subscribers. That is that, uh, that, uh, that you can that you can reference, or maybe there's some other accolade or something which like reviews or something. Perhaps yeah. Um, if you've got like a really high score on Trustpilot, you could use that. You could basically... it be the number of kits that Adam sold, and we could actually work out from the number of kits the amount of plastic he's avoid using. Like if you had X that. plastic, you know, he saved X thousand plastic items going in the ocean through helping people do this it's a pretty pretty interesting idea um i've not thought about it. i definitely like the number of uh subscribers to uh or the number of kits sold or something like that um that could be that would probably be a good way to go in terms of 
what what I'm looking for in this bio is something which kind of gives a bit of sort of authority and credibility. Credibility. Um, something which sort of says you should be looking at this business. So uh, good. Re- so there's a there's like a competition. There's like a craft magazine that runs a competition, and there's a sustainability um, prize. I wondered about entering that 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 sort of thing. Yeah, that sounds that Definitely. sounds like a really good idea. If you can get some awards, you become an award-winning business. Yeah. Uh, if you were top-rated in a certain title, four and up, four point eight on Trustpilot, twenty thousand kits across the UK, or something like these are things. Then we're starting to sound like a more substantial enterprise. So yeah. then the journalists are going to start thinking to themselves, okay, here's this entrepreneur. He's doing something a little bit different. He's making waves. You know, I should know who this person is. And then what it is, is that they can, they're introducing you to their readers. They'll, they'll take this bio, they'll paste it into their copy, you know, cut and paste off the email, Adam of Craftbox, X, who's done X, Y, and Z, paste it into their copy, they edit it down a bit, and then they want you to say something which is interesting for their readers. And that's when you're going to, these are the quotes that come, that come through. And this is where, you know, all that blogging you've done, all those previous interviews you've done, that's when that, that those words start coming into play. And uh, you're and what you're doing here is you're helping a journalist to write a story. And this is one of my big things. There's a lot of talk about spin and there's a lot of talk about trying to almost like manipulate media. That's 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 the wrong approach. You're trying to help a journalist to write a story. They're already heading in a certain direction. You know, maybe they're writing an article about a new phase of men that have got into sewing and knitting or something like that. Or maybe it's a new phase, you know, an article about the, the plastic free revolution. Or maybe it's just a homes and crafts article. Or maybe it's about, you know, we're coming up to Christmas time and we're looking for something a little bit different. Whatever it is, there's all these different angles that you can get in there. And um, you're helping them to put their article together. So I sent a couple of emails off last week to um, some online kind of craft magazines. And the way I went about that was I went to see whether they had an article that was in the same sort of area. So a lot of people have got articles on ways to craft with, you know, without plastic or with nature or something. And I've gone, I see you've written something like this. How about their story on something similar? Does that, that make sense that? It, it makes sense, and it's not a terrible approach, but it's not my favourite approach. And the problem is, is this. Basically, I used to get these art- these emails from people saying, Hey, John, I saw your article that you wrote for The Guardian last week on whatever it was. Would you like something from me on that? And it's like, well, I did write that article two weeks ago. And now it's done. It's published. You're too late. Yeah. <laughs> so you, sure. the, the, the key here is to contact a journalist when they're actually writing an article where you might be the ideal person. And the exciting thing is that they advertise that fact. They do it on uh, Twitter with the hashtag journo request. Um, in the United States, journalists put out... Uh, on a, a system called Harrow, H-A-R-O, help a reporter out. And in the UK, they do it on a thing called Response Source. 
And this is basically where journalists do a shout out saying that they're writing about an article. They're writing about a, a, a certain subject and they're looking for interviewees. And if you reply to these journalists with your bio, with some good comments and with some nice, colourful, powerful pictures, then you're giving them what they need to include you into their article. And that's how we got Rebel Business School an awful amount, huge amount of the press by mm, responding okay. to what journalists are actually looking for today, not what they were looking for two weeks ago, because right. that's just too late. Uh, and, and there's a lot of con there's a lot of publications out there which are really content hungry. And there's a lot of journalists out there with a lot of articles to write and not a lot of time to do it. And if you can help them by providing quotes, by providing a nice tight bio, maybe by sending over a little bit more about yourself in terms of if you actually write your own profile, help flesh out your story, but certainly by having some content on your website which tells your story more, then you're 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 going to start getting better and better known amongst these journalists and they'll start to think of you as a person to mm. go to. I think there's a real niche for you because you're a man in this sort of arts and crafts world and you're, you're, you're standing out from the crowd by being plastic free. I think you've got a personal story there. I think you've got a lot of aspects about your business, which makes you pretty media friendly. How does that sound to you? Yeah, it's cool. So um, I, I I think it was, yeah, probably just about the beginning of lockdown one. Somebody from um, the business support group uh, got in touch with me saying that they'd seen something like that from a, another Facebook group that the Daily Mail were looking for it to write an article about things to do over lockdown. And um, I got in touch with the the journalist for that, and it, a week later I was in the Daily Mail, which was which is fantastic, awesome. um, and links and everything. So it's great for for the website too. I was I, I was going to ask you about those. Um, so the, the group that that person was on, there there are a few of those groups which are paid for, so you get to hear about those requests, but you have to pay a small amount to be part of it. Is that worth it or is it just going to be on these things that you've already mentioned the the hashtags and things like um response yeah source? so the journal request on twitter is free um response source is a paid for service and uh, harrow i think has a free version and it has also a paid for version if i'm not mistaken um okay. there are obviously different uh groups are on social media and um it really depends on, uh, I, I don't know about those specific paid for groups or whether they're worth doing or not. Um, so it's a bit hard for me to say whether they're, they're worth it or not. My thoughts are, it depends on where you are with your budget. If it's a, a small amount and you can give it a try, then maybe it's okay. But before you do any of that, before you start spending any money, do all the free stuff, such as writing out your bio, yeah. uh, writing out um, some some of the blog pieces, and you know creating your story, saying your story out loud, getting yourself a bit of free press, a DIY photo shoot if you can't afford a full photo shoot, but 
you know um it's a good good thing to invest in when you can and sort of get together i mean what i would recommend to everyone is to create a folder on your uh computer and just call it media pack and in there you yeah. have your bio which you can cut and paste onto an email in like three seconds have in there any decent high res colorful pictures that you have put all those in there put all of your other content all of your words of your thoughts any of the things that you like to say to journalists put those in there and start creating a good to go media pack of content to give to journalists when as and when they need it put also in there a little spreadsheet and start adding journalists to that as you talk to them or as you find them a very simple way to make a good list of journalists by the way this is a tip anyone can use is just type into google something like uh twitter top journalists and then maybe just one of the word like business or tech or perhaps in your case maybe homes or maybe crafts even and then yeah. what you'll that will do is I'm not actually where actually take you to twitter but it will lead to probably a list that somebody else has made, probably a PR person. So if you type in top journalist Twitter business, you'll get an absolute stack of uh, results on there of lists of journalists. I'm on one of them, I think, um, as, as are a bunch of other journalists who write for other titles. So what's happening is a PR person has wanted to create some media content for their website. They've gone on Twitter they pulled off a big list of journalists and then they've done a, 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 a little roundup of them. So that's a great place to start. Then you get the names of the journalists, who they write for, their Twitter handle. And just with a few Google searches, then you should be able to find their email addresses too. So then you start creating a, a media list. Combine that with your local journalists, combine that with your trade journalists, combine that with any other ones that you happen to know or you've met through social media. You're starting to build up a little media database of people to contact. And then, of course, you could also have a, at some point have a stab at actually writing a press release. That might be a whole other, other podcast, though, Alan. <laughs> <laughs> I'll write down press release, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> You're right. That's a whole nother episode. So I'd love to actually start sort of wrapping up what we're going to do with this. Adam, what is your homework based on this episode? What are you going to do? How are you going to move forwards? We all love homework here at Rebel Business School. Yep. I've got four pages of notes, so I'm going to try and summarize. I've got to write a bio, I think. Um, and Well, I'm going to start with writing my story out in, in real full, and then I think probably condense that into a bio. Writing is editing, Adam, um, so just, just, just write and write and write. <laughs> Get it all out mm. there, and then... I really like the sound of that. That's that's great. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna think about this photo shoot thing because I I know some great photographers uh, and just sort of weigh it up to to see whether it's worth sort of spending the money or or you know just finding someone with a nice camera. Um, I feel like it might be worth doing one off. Um, Having that folder uh, with a media pack in, that makes sense with with some go to photos and the bio. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep an eye on that Jenna requesting on Twitter. 
definitely. Um, and yeah, try and so create this database of um, local journalists, crafts and homes journalists, and um, yeah, and, and and start tracking who I'm who I'm getting in touch with. Fantastic, I love that. And then we will be checking back in to see how it's going. Um, John Card, if you could have a closing message for people about what they're going to do, like if 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 the audience have never had, if the people listening to this have never had a go at getting into PR, like what's the th- way they should start? What's the one thing they should do to get going? How do we get people moving and on the PR bandwagon? Yeah, I think my favourite advice is always if you can just to find yourself a journalist, maybe on radio or even a local newspaper or anywhere and see if you can get them to interview you. Um even and if if they don't seem interested, then the other way to do it, if you can find one that's willing to do it, is ask a journalist for some help. Say, look, you don't have to write about me, but I could really do with some media advice. I'd really happily buy you lunch or a coffee or something like that. And just so if you or if you could spend me spare me five minutes on the phone just to tell me a little bit about your job, that could be another way just to to help I've, I've often found that you know if you ask people for help you they end up uh doing even more than than you initially asked for for the first time um but also i think you know just think about stories as well just see ask yourself say it out loud you know if someone says oh why did you want to do that business how do you reply you know, does it make sense? What would you if if you were suddenly transported and put on a radio show or the TV cameras turned up? What would you actually be saying to the cameras? If the, if Sky News Adam was outside your house in ten minutes' time, <laughs> what would you want to talk about? What would you want to say? <laughs> what are the things that? What would be the big messages? You know, I know Alan would want to go out there and he'd want to talk about how anyone can start a business and you don't need money to do that. And, you know, uh, the, the traditional business advice is wrong and he'd go out there all, all guns blazing and all the rest of it. And uh, he'd have no trouble introducing himself and describing what his business has done to date. So similarly, you know, what's your story? What are your big messages? What would you like to say to a journalist? If you if you get the feeling that you you you're able to say those things, you can say those out loud. Then go and find yourself a journalist and go and have a chat and start learning. Exactly. Then you just got to get out there and tell the stories. Tell them to anyone who'd listen. Practice on your granny. Practice on your cat. Tell the world. Tell a journalist. Tell the stories. And I think the better you get at telling the stories and putting them out into the world, the more the magic will just start to come to you. But it all starts with telling the stories. Um, Adam from Craft Box Club, thank you very much for being on the podcast again. You are a legend as always. Mr. John Card of Full Story Media. If you're listening to this and want to know more about John's business, you can go to fullstorymedia.co.uk. And John is actually the author of a book, How to Make Your Company Famous. So if you want to know more about his process, uh, then check out his book, his website and what he does. John, thank you so much for being on the show and bringing your ideas, energy and wisdom. We really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks, guys. Really enjoyed it. Excellent. Go out there, tell your story 
get people interested. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out. Be different. Be yourself. Be a rebel entrepreneur.